Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi everyone, Anne-Marie Cross here with another great guest and another great topic. Now my guest today is Kate Emerson and she is the quick shift diva who supports individuals and companies to assess the financial cost of their clutter, their chaos and lack of productivity as a way of inspiring them to let go. Now Kate believes that life is way too short to muck about playing small and she reminds you to let go of anything that no longer serves you, whether it be physical clutter, whether it be emotional baggage, maybe people not adding value to your life, personal fears, what about limiting beliefs, outdated versions of yourself, being disorganized, overwhelmed, lacking productivity or even procrastination and I'm sure each and every one of us can relate to more than just one of those things. Now on today's show, Kate will help us understand the five real reasons why people hold on to their clutter. She'll also help us to understand the three questions that we need to ask ourselves that will enable us to transform our relationship to stuff and to people, as well as three tips to cut through our office clutter so that we can increase our productivity. So welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. It's so wonderful to be up bright and early on a Doberg winter's morning. Yes, that's right. Look, it's it's such a great topic and I think one that uh, all of us can relate to. Now, most people think of clutter as just, you know, messy piles of clothes and paper, you know, crammed into a, a cupboard. What do you teach around the topic of clutter? Perhaps you've got a definition that you want to share with everybody. Yeah, you know, and I mean, what you've just described is actually the, the dictionary um, definition, you know, and it's literally just too much stuff in a place, too many things, a bit of confusion, overfilled, disorderly manner. And the thing is, I think that's quite limiting. So you've actually wonderfully already mentioned it because I teach people that clutter is anything or anyone that is no longer serving you now for whatever reason. And what I, what I find with that is a bit, it's quite an empowering definition because it doesn't mean that what's gone on in your past hasn't worked for you. Because until you get to the point where you go, I want something more in my life. I want, I want different clients. I want new adventures. I want a new lover. I want different space in my home. I want more time and creativity. Up until that point that you make that decision, anything in your life that you are holding on to, so whether it's the body clutter, emotional clutter, physical clutter, up till that very point, it actually has been serving you and in some way has been helping you keep your life together like a good or bad and there's no judgment. Mm. So it just becomes a way of going, who am I now and where do I want to be going? So it's about it's about being a lot more in control of your presence and your energy now without the judgment from the past. And yeah. I think 
you know, that's one of the things that trip people up with their clutter is they go into judgment, overwhelm, they think they should be able to handle it and they can't. So it's, it's going, how, how am I doing now and what do I want different in my life? Yeah. And I'd imagine that uh, I'd trying imagine. to change it and want those differences and being able to transform and achieve what it is that you want is very hard to do if we're holding on to what is no longer serving us and we, we don't want to carry all that along with us and, and very difficult to step forward. Absolutely. And the metaphor I give, you know, that, that part of our body called our solar plexus where we always get our little butterflies in our tummy. Mm-hmm. And I say it's like anything that you've got. So whatever it is that you are holding on to, your baggage and sort of that big term concept, it's like you've got all these invisible fishing lines coming out of your, your, your solar plexus. And on the end of every single one of those fishing lines, there is a big lead weight. And all it's doing is it's just like like holding you down and keeping you stagnant and stuck and in the past and it's not letting you be present and free and light and engaged you know and and filled with that that wondrous magic of the present moment we're just stuck in the past yeah yeah very really good point now before we go on to having you share the reasons why we're holding on to our clutter because i know that that's uh, one of the first steps to helping us to to move forward just your name the quick shift diva i'd love to to find out how does that relate to your work <laughs> so, so one of the things I rebranded about two or three years ago and one of the things is I realized is that I love helping people do transformation sort of in a relatively short space of time so I'm not one of these um, coaches or mentors or clutter chicks that likes to work for a long you know one two or three years mm. so I believe that we can do some transformation really fast and then the Deva word is D-E-V-A and that actually is a Sanskrit word um, so it's not the diva in the heels it's mm-hmm. Deva oh Deva and, there you go Deva. Um, And it's interesting because that word is Sanskrit and it actually means um, divine being or shining one. And that whole energy for me is around, I believe I shine my light by helping every other person shine theirs. And the way we shine our light is we need to get rid of the clutter of all that kind of cloudiness and that muckiness so that we can all shine our light and be who we need to be. And in order to do that, it's like we need to clean the windscreen, you know, and get rid of that murkiness. Yeah, I love that. So it's the quick shift Deva, is that how you pronounce it? Deva? You actually said, yeah, Deva. Deva, um, okay, there and you go. Deva, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it also, you know, it always becomes an interesting talking point because people say, Kate, you spelt your name wrong. And I'm like, actually, no, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the different accents too, because you're, you're South African exactly. and I'm from Australia. So we've got a lot of US listeners. They're probably, oh my goodness, <laughs> what's going on here? But I'm glad you um, we, we covered that because I think I'll have to go back to my production team and go, nope, that wasn't a spelling error. It's definitely D-E-V-A. There you go. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, let's get into some of the reasons why people are holding on to clutter because you know most people just say that they don't have time to sort out their lives things get in the way but look what's really going on Kate yeah and the other one is people say you know I'm just too lazy and I say no absolutely that is rubbish so so it is all the emotional underlying psychological reasons and that's the stuff that really fascinates me because that's what's gripping it and holding you know letting us like hold it so tight Mm -hmm. so one of the first things we hold on to things out of guilt. And I'm talking like predominantly around things, but this does go obviously around the emotions and all the body clutter as well. So guilt is where we are holding on to things 
purely out of obligation, normally to other people. So, um, you know, listeners will resonate with this when I talk about, you know, you've got Auntie May who died 20 years ago and you've still got her teapot, but you absolutely <laughs> loathe it. Or your parents have passed on and you've now got all this stuff in your home mm-hmm. or you've got it in their home. And what happens is we start equating people and our love for them with things and it becomes a little bit of a mismatch. And what we it, what happens is we allow other people to control what it is that we have in our life. And another one that falls under this is gifts that we've been given. You know, so with with the best of intentions, someone might have given you something and it's really not your taste or it's not something that you can use. And we feel that we can't pass it on. We've got to keep it out of that that weird sense of obligation. And the other one is that for those of you, the listeners that have got children, you know, those wonderful works of art come home. You have just gone through my whole list. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nodding away. Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, that is like the guilt of, oh, my God, I can't let this picture go that little Johnny drew because it's going to say I don't love him. Mm. So absolutely it's about, you know, what I suggest with that is once a year sit down and kind of go, okay, Johnny, what are your favorite five pictures? And mom chooses favorite five pictures or dad does or whatever. And then you celebrate those and you keep those and you put them in a beautiful art project or a kist or what I suggest is put those artworks up in the garage you know and celebrate them and make an art room but you know don't kind of think that you've got to keep all of them but nowadays technology take pictures of them and keep the pictures and but you can sometimes let go of the artwork so the bottom line with guilt as the first reason is don't equate people with what your love for them means Mm. I mean I was doing an interview with a um a journalist yesterday and she was saying exactly that her mom had passed away 10 months ago and she hadn't been able to sort out anything and it was like she hadn't processed yet the emotion of the guilt around her mom having left and it's about how do we how do we go inside and process and not let the guilt make us keep the stuff so that's number one yeah yeah right number two is the good old-fashioned fear so that is about not trusting our universe, you know, and we use this word fear so often, but when it comes when it comes to talking about our stuff, it's about holding on to things just in case. What if I need the little cocktail dress for a party? What if I need all the stuff that I've got in my garage, every nail and hammer and screw? And it's that equation around, you know, we need to almost put masks on in this world. We need to show our neighbors that we're doing okay. It's about status. It's about the more I have, the, the better I'm going to look. And what happens is, when we start wearing the masks, we almost start putting on this facade and we, we stop being real and authentic. So we start sometimes buying things or massing things or keeping things for the wrong reasons rather than paring down our world and going, what is really authentic and real for me? Um, and, it, and it's like we start filling our space if we're not handling um, who we are in the right way. We fill our space around us because we don't like to have the space because the space brings up fear. Mm-hmm. Because in other words, if there's space, what am I going to do? How, how am I going to think? How am I going to create? So we just stuff things in there or we stuff things in our mouth and, and we're just always busy filling up out of that, that deep-rooted fear mm-hmm. and lack of trust. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the third one is a, is a great one, and it's, it's about scarcity. So that is about not believing in the, in the law of abundance in your life. So we kind of go, well, I've spent hard-earned money on this, so I need to keep it. I need to get the most value out of it. It's almost a little bit like that Scrooge mentality. And, you know, so often we've made a wrong decision the first time buying it, and we make another wrong decision by keeping it, as opposed to thinking, well, actually, maybe I could sell this. Maybe I could let it go. Maybe I could give it to a charity. But typically, the people that will relate to this in terms of, 
why they're holding on to stuff is if you've come from, you know, an upbringing of deprivation in whatever way. So maybe you've like relocated countries, you're a refugee, maybe you've been through war, depression, famine, you are hungry. I mean, I've got a wonderful story in my book about, um, and I can say her name, her name's Lisa because she's put her name and she's claimed her story. And she said, you know, she grew up with absolutely nothing. So she will still wear mismatched socks because so long as there's a sock on each foot, it means that her feet are warm and it doesn't matter that they're, they're not matching. And it's just, she's had to learn that right now her life circumstances are a little bit different and she no longer needs to hold on with that absolute clinging of, oh, I'm never going to get this again. Mm. And then number four, um, I don't want to waste too much time on each of them, but number four is about the insecurity. So it's that concept of if I have I am. And that's, that. this is for the people that love seeing their world reflected back to them. So you walk into someone's office and, and all the awards are plastered on the wall. Or it's people who collect things like, you know, little ornamental pigs or stamps. And it's people who just like gathering stuff. And what it means is that as I have stuff, it means that I've existed. So um, another client, Joy, we went into her home and we found literally a stub. I thought I'd find a wad of money. It was so exciting. And actually, when I pulled it out the cupboard, it was all these movies stubs of every single movie her and her husband had been to see for the last 12 years and what it meant was that I have a life I'm out there in the world doing my thing and this little piece of paper proves that to me as opposed to sort of taking those memories internally and what was so amazing with someone like Joy is that she actually was the most incredible scrapbooker and I thought well what if you took one of them or two of them and allow that to epitomize the rest of it so we don't necessarily need the whole collection you know when, when you're looking at sort of paring down your life and moving on and letting go it's like how do you let a little actually value um, equate to a lot mm-hmm. so it's just a different way of looking at it and then Amory, the last one is actually putting all of those together and become, because people always ask me about hoarding. So actually all of those put together and you kind of take them to the nth degree, you know, and sort of multiply it again by 100 and that becomes hoarding where, where someone's life is completely and utterly impaired and they are completely dysfunctional. But that's sort of at the, you know, the end of the scale. Mm-hmm. Those are just in, incredible uh, reasons and uh, thank you for sharing those. And I think I'd have to agree that... I could probably relate to, to, you know, when I look back through my life, there's certain areas that I've done, you know, the gifts. Thankfully, not all of the gifts that, uh, you know, people have given me. And it's like, do I really need that, you know, or uh, the children? And I had to laugh when you mentioned that because I remember my kids. There's a couple of things just briefly before we move on to um, the three questions (laughs) that we need to ask ourselves. But uh, when my kids used to come home, it was like, oh, look, another picture. And I thought, not another thing on the fridge. So what I did was I put a corkboard out in the garage dad loves looking at these pictures go and put them in there that was one way to get and once they were in the, the garage that was really close to the uh, to, to the to the bin but absolutely and and one other thing that I used to do was save all of their Christmas decorations and every year we would bring them out and it wasn't till my kids got a little bit older I think they would have been at about 10 they're now 18 uh, 19 and, and uh, nearly 22 but they got around to the age of about 10 12 and they said mum do you think we can actually go out and buy some real decorations. I thought, oh, it's about time to throw out the macaroni plate, you know, and all of the stuff 
that they've glued and everything, but absolutely can relate to those. And as you were talking, it really shows the deeper meaning uh, behind, you know, why we hang on to, to things. And uh, so it's, thank you so much for explaining that. Those It really does, does make a lot of sense. So what about the questions that we need to ask ourselves? So how do people get started in the journey of decluttering? What are some tips and questions? Let's have a look at the questions first. Yeah, it's so easy. There are three of them. So I hope you've got your pens and you're writing them down. Yes. So the first question is, do I honestly love it? Whatever it is, okay, whether it's a person or a pencil or that little black dress, do I honestly love it? And I don't talk about like, so for example, I'm now just looking at my desk. I've got this beautiful pen, my brother and um, partner gave me for my 40th birthday. And it's like, that's the pen I use because I love this pen. You know, don't just pick up an, an ordinary Bic pen. Sorry, Bic. Um, but, you know, do I love it? And not like, yeah, not, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's about the love factor, mm-hmm. you know, so anything that's going to boost your heart. So do I honestly love it? Question one. The next one is, do I really use it? Okay, because so often that's how we con ourselves and it's just kind of sitting there and like, okay, do I really use it? And then the third question, which I think is the one that clients always say, this is the one that really gives them the way forward, is does this add value to my life? Because that becomes the question where you're evaluating now. Does this truly and honestly add value? Does this inspire me? Does this make my world more or does this make my world less? And that question is the one that if they're not sure about the other two, the moment they say, does this add value? It's so easy to go, yep or no. You know, and it's often just that decision when you've got the right question and it's just easy to cut through the clutter pardon the pun, and just go, absolutely not, this does not add value, out it goes, wherever wherever out means. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And it's really as, as simple as that. So those are the, sorry, Anne-Marie, those are the three core questions. And then with specific things, for example, clothing, you can add in another question, and, okay. and you know, most people know this, but have I worn it for the last year? You know, when it comes to your desk um, and what you're doing at work, it could be, does this add value to my productivity? So you can always tweak it um, depending on what area of your life you're looking at yeah <laughs> I just with that question I asked myself over the weekend we had a long weekend here in Australia and my husband went away um, to uh, do some four-wheel driving so I decided you know what I'm going to open up some cupboard space because when I looked at how much I had of the cupboard you know our wardrobe and how much space <laughs> that he had allocated I started feeling a bit guilty so I just got rid of this <laughs> huge been <laughs> that's right this huge bag of clothes and I honestly said to myself do I do I love it do I have I worn it recently and I don't know about you but sometimes you've got clothes well you know when it's winter and you, you sort of maybe not exercising or you know watching what you may be a little bit more indulgent and I thought you know what when I'm losing that I'm just going to go out and get some nice stylish clothes don't worry about all of my old ones and just going through yeah. that and just being really on focus there was stuff flying here, there and everywhere. And I thought, oh, and I thought I'd better get this outside before I change my mind. But absolutely love that. Do I love it? Do I honestly love it? Do I really use it? Does it add value to my life? And when it comes to clothing, um, have I worn it in the last 12 months? Valuable, valuable yeah, questions. 
And another one is, does it actually make me feel like the sexiest person that I can be? So is this really um, showing the world who I am? You know, so yes. guys or girls, like, does this make me feel fantastic yeah. when I wear it? Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, you, you're talking about that. Everybody has thin and fat clothes. It's such a common issue in people's wardrobes. And that scarcity factor comes in. So in other words, oh, well, what if I get thin and then I, you know, I put the weight on again. So then we don't trust ourselves. You know, yes. we kind of always kind of, we're never being our gorgeous selves now. That's right. Um, in true spirit for we're always going well what if you know yeah so it's just so wonderful when you open up your wardrobe that you've got a wardrobe that you're wearing a hundred percent of and every morning it welcomes you um and a tip just one quick tip because it's just come to mind um i was just looking over at my wardrobe one of the quick tips for your wardrobe is imagine actually that you have no doors on your wardrobe so that you know it's almost like you're walking into a beautiful department store and that's such a wonderful way of thinking about do you value your clothes and are they you know have you organized them properly and does your wardrobe make you feel fantastic when yes. you look at it <laughs> or we could always say just ima- imagine Kate's coming over and she's going to have a look at our wardrobe <laughs> there we go <laughs> people always say they can hear my voice sitting on their shoulder I'm that's like right. that's fine I can be your nag <laughs> <laughs> wonderful love that so all right so what are your top three tips to help us clear our desks so that we can increase our productivity and I know that this is such a huge issue for so many ambitious entrepreneurs it is Amory and you know um, I did a quick survey when I was writing my book and you know 26% of the population actually think that that the offices and desks are the hardest part to get started you know because we spend eight hours of our day at our desk so one of the things and it's just such an obvious thing if you want to clear your desk the very first thing to do so as soon as you've heard this call is actually take every single item off your desk including your desktop computer including your printer including your fax machine take it all off and start with a clean slate and give it a beautiful dust or a polish and then you start asking right what do I absolutely need to put back on my desk that's going to increase my creativity and my productivity and the ideal is to consider having 80% free space on your desk because when you get to your desk you want to feel uplifted and enlivened and like there is some space in your brain so that when you sit there it's like, wow, what do I want to create? So it's that 80-20 rule is really important. And every single item in, when you put it back, you, it's only allowed to go back on your desk if it inspires you and it's going to add to your productivity. So you need to be ruthless, you know, and you need, and I say to people, you know, does your printer need to be on your desk? Maybe you can put a little floating shelf and it can sit next to your desk. So be really mindful as to what you bring back onto your desk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's the, um, the prize we're going to give away that will be able to help people. So we must remember that at the end. So that's the physicality of your desk. When it comes to productivity, what I want to just bring top of mind is the difference between being efficient and being effective. And so often what happens in this crazy Western world of ours is we're always, you know, efficient is about doing lots of stuff and busy, busy, busy and ticking off those tasks off our list, whether it's on paper or on your, you know, on your iPad, tick, tick, tick. And it's just often a lot of motion, like busy, busy, busy. Whereas effective is about shifting your energy and your your thoughts to what is the right thing at the right time for the right reason. So it's about one dart going into the bullseye as opposed to lots of them kind of just hitting off center. And it's that concept of, um, I don't know if you know that wonderful book by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog. Mm -hmm. And it's talking about how so often in the day we try and do all the little things as opposed to doing the most important thing that we need to do. And what happens is we land up um, scurrying around and we confuse motion 
with progress. So the one concept that I want to get across is just on any given day, if you just ask yourself, what is the one most important valuable task I need to do today that will catapult my productivity? And just one thing. So I have a post-it note with one task on it that is the big task. And my job is to do that and your job is to do that before you get into email. Because that's the third thing is so often we allow technology to pull us off track as opposed to actually enhance what it is that we're doing. And one of the most common sense things that we've forgotten to do in our world now is batching. And by batching, um, and it's a thing for physical clutter and productivity clutter, is we forget to put like with like. So we're sitting at our like computers and we're w- working on a proposal or we're, we're doing something for a client and then ping, 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 those little emails come in and you see those numbers ratcheting up one, two, three, and we just get taken completely off course and we think, oh, let me just go and check my email. You know, and we're, oh, let me just go and see who's, who's bugging me, who wants my attention. And there was a wonderful study done by Microsoft um, back in 2007, and marie and what it did was it looked at when people were sort of writing code or writing proposals. Every time that you let yourself be interrupted and taken off task, it takes on average 15 minutes to come back to the original job that you were doing. And so if you think about the concept of batching, it's like, all right, how do I turn off my email alerts? How do I shut my door? How do I switch that phone onto airplane mode? And even if it's just for 20 minutes that I think about only focusing on one task. You know, only 2% of the population, a study's been done by the Harvard Business Review, um, can actually multitask effectively. For the rest of us, we con ourselves that we can, especially chicks. Mm. You know, we think, oh, well, I can do X, Y, Z. And what happens is every time we're doing that, we're leaving a little space in between. And it's like the old, you know, computers when you say, oh, I need to defrag my computer. And what it does is it squishes all the files that you've created and it takes all the air and the space out between them. And that's what it is we need to do with our minds. We need to think about how do I not create that excess space in between and how do I make all my phone calls together, do all my emails together, go and see all my clients on the same day. So batching is one of the most important things to stop conning yourself that you are, every time you go off task, you're actually, you're being productive because you're not. And the thing, the trick I use, apart from turning off my email, is a good old-fashioned egg timer. I've got a beautiful one that stands 20 centimeters. I'm looking at it on my desk now. Um, and it's incredible for flipping it over and going, all right, Kate, stay on task. You've got to write this proposal and get it out. You've got 20 minutes. I love that. I use my iPhone on the, um, on, on you know, the timer and with a little alarm. But yes. that's so, so, so true. And, you know, when you are very much uh, concentrated on one task, and I've tried this myself because I was one of those people that often would uh, claim that I could multitask. And I realized that things were taking me twice as long, if not longer, to complete and complete in a very... Uh, focused and far more effective way if I was writing an article or whatever you know if I didn't tweet and answer email and answer phone and everything at the same time it would be quicker and the article would be far more uh, yeah focused and on on task I didn't have to go back and edit it so those tips are just so very very (coughs) important so important. There's another study done that was saying that if we are multitasking, our actual productivity reduces by 40%. That's the figure being given. And our IQ in terms of the possibility actually reduces 
by 10% and we increase our stress levels. So it's just about just reminding ourselves, how can I just be focused even if it's for 20 minutes? And that for me is about letting go of the clutter. You know, so if you're sitting there looking at your desk and like all these bits of paper are pulling you off and you've got 500 post-it notes and messages on your email, you know, it's just, it's always just ah vying for your attention Mm -hmm. and you're never actually just creating that pocket of space. So you're not giving yourself permission to be your best self in the moment. And you're always thinking, I should be doing something else. No, actual fact, where are you meant to be right now? And everything else in that moment doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's, it's also about the, 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 the permission to be here 100% fully. You know, so when you're working, you're working. When you're sitting with your husband or your kids, that's what you're doing. When you're having coffee with a friend, be there. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's what the yogis teach. It's what the spiritual masters teach. And it's, it's always just about going, what do I need to let go of so that I can be present? A great, great reminder. Now, Kate, you mentioned uh, a prize, and I'd love for you to share more about that as well as how can people get in contact with you to find out more? Fantastic. So I think the best way in terms of general contact is on my website, which is www.kate-emerson.com. Uh, dot com. And on there, you'll see on the front page, well, on every page, there is a, a complimentary course that people can sign up to, which is how to quick shift one thing. Um, and on that um, like little subscription course, you'll also be able to get some information on clutter. And there's also a fabulous productivity and clutter assessment that you can do. And people can email it back to me and I'll give you some tips and ideas about how to get started. Um, but for the actual prize, what I thought the best way is to come onto my Facebook page, which is kate.emerson.page. And I'm giving away to the first three people that come and say that they've heard our lovely chat and they're on part of your um, podcast network and that they just need to come and say that they've heard the chat and maybe something they got of value and come and post that on my page and I'll give the first three people that do that on my Facebook page, they'll get my um, Arrest Your Desk course and that is literally a five-part uh, autoresponder uh, email course and they will be able to understand all the concepts and literally put it into practice step-by-step to get their filing up to date, to get their desk up to date, to get their emails sorted and just help them increase their productivity so that they can get on to be making more magic in their world and in their business. Wonderful, Kate. It's been such a pleasure to uh, speak to you t- today. I mean, I've taken down lots of notes and, I, notes and I know that your motto is to inspire, to live light and to live large. And I think everything that you've mentioned today certainly will help us to do that, to live light and live large, both in our life, personal lives and, of course, in our business which uh, is just so very, very important. Now, just stick around, Kate, because um, I always share an inspirational tip. And uh, today's one I've chosen really fits in beautifully with uh, what you've been talking about today. And I'd love uh, for you to share some input on that as well. So So here's today's inspirational tip. Today's inspirational tip. Now, if you're an ambitious entrepreneur, what's one thing that you've been putting off that's blocking your progress? Take action this week. And Kate, I chose that because I knew that you'd be giving us some practical tips to, to help us declutter and get really focused and, and productive again. And I think really is just to make a commitment to ourselves <laughs> and just to take that action. What do you think about that? 
Absolutely. And sometimes it's really cool to have someone and to ring up a friend and say, this is what I'm going to be doing. So someone else can hold you accountable. But that tip I absolutely love. And it links to um, a quote that I love, which is Parkinson's law, which says a task swells in perceived complexity and enormity in direct relation to the time allotted to its completion. So what happens is we put these things off and they just get bigger and bigger in our minds and we think, oh my God, I'm going to need two hours to do it. And when you sit down, in actual fact, it takes you half an hour and you go, oh, that wasn't so bad. And yet all these things sit on our to-do list with to-do lists, whether they're mental or we've actually got them written down, and we just make ourselves feel bad about all these things on our list. So absolutely pick that one thing that you are procrastinating on that will and just do it. And absolutely, a week is the maximum amount of time that you've got. So find someone to commit to, come and post it on, on Anne's Facebook page, and yeah, just get to it and clap it off your list. <laughs> That's right. Get it off, cross it off, so you don't have to uh, worry about that anymore. <laughs> Fabulous. Look, thanks once again for coming on the show, Kate. It uh, has been such a pleasure to connect with you, and uh, we, you'll have to come back and and, and, cause, and do a part two. I'm sure uh, all our listeners would uh, love Love to, to hear you back on the show. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and for inviting me. And I have to say now that the sun is up and it's glorious and shining in on my face, so Joburg Day has started. Wonderful. Now, if you're the first a first-time listener here to the Ambitious Entrepreneur podcast, I encourage you to go to our iTunes channel and subscribe because every week we, we interview guest experts just like Kate who share their tips and strategies to help you build the business of your dreams doing what you love. And while you're there, leave a comment and there's also an area where you can rate the show. And of course, reach out and connect to Kate, reach out and leave a comment. Let us know what action step you're taking today or this week to help you declutter your life, declutter your business so that you can, like Kate says, live light, live large. Have a fantastic week, everyone. We'll catch you next week. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.